0: Hello everyone, this is Space Café Podcast, and I'm Marcus. So as I'm weaving through the backstage area of an event in Austria, I feel a tap on my shoulder, turning... I'm met by a cryptic smile and a finger pointing to a figure in the distance. Do you know that guy over there? The person asks. Caught off guard, I attempt neutrality in my response. No, not that I'm aware of. Good. The stranger replies. You should get in touch while he's still easily approachable. The man there, well... And I felt the person wanted to draw comparisons to a very famous person in the space scene, but he didn't. So he proceeded, I'm hesitant to drop names but let's say this guy over there could be the next very big thing in space travel. Intrigued and somewhat mystified, I make my move wandering over to introduce myself. Before I could even finish my introduction, he cuts me off. You're the guy from the Space Cafe podcast, right? Someone told me I should talk to you. And just like that, we were double dated. The matchmaking stranger who nudged me into this conversation had mysteriously vanished, leaving me with the supposed next big thing in space travel. Now, from today's vantage point, I can only express my deepest gratitude to the anonymous figure who made this introduction possible. It seems we were set up for a reason and I'm super psyched to share the conversation we had after our mysterious introduction with you right here, right now. I'm trying to keep the mysterious spirit alive in this, so I'm not giving any more details. Let's immerse ourselves in that serendipitous encounter. Welcome Aaron Kammer. Is that comfortable? It's for me, yeah. Good. Love it. All right. Um, Door is closed. Yeah. So let me just hit record. Yeah. All right, Aaron. Thank you so much for taking the time in the first place. Uh, you're a busy person.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Marcus, for uh, having me here. <laughs> I want, one of my favorite most inspirational Bill Gates quotes is he says, most people overestimate what they can get done in one year, but underestimate what they can get done in a, de- a decade. Yeah, yeah. So i take that even further. If, if you underestimate what we can get done in 10 years, I think as a society, we underestimate what we can get done in a century, a hundred right. years. Right. We can get a lot done right. in a hundred years. And so I like to take the long view, you know, both personally to kind of, you know, get myself out of any Hole <laughs> or problem I'm dealing with. I'm like, okay, does this really matter? But also, uh, professionally, because I really think it helps make sure that you're working on the right things.
0: Absolutely. So, what is it that you're working on right now? By the way, by the way, someone came up to me at that conference and said, "You got to meet uh, Aaron, probably the next Elon Musk." So, <laughs> no, definitely, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> no, uh,
1: Elon like the you know, entrepreneurial wise. You know, I know, I know he's. Uh, you know, currently there's a lot of uh split opinions on him, but entrepreneurial wise he's definitely the greatest of our mm. you know, generation. And you could maybe make the case that Steve Jobs, because of how many people use mobile phones and iPhones and, and how iPhones really inspired Android, um and how everybody is on it for hours a day, maybe had a greater impact. But um you know, I think I think Elon's a you know, he's probably the greatest entrepreneur of our generation. I, I definitely, I mean, one thing we have in common is we both love space. Uh, um, I'm more of a, a moon guy, mm. you know, um, and I think, I think the moon is, is, you know, my friends call me Mr. Moon because, you know, uh, I, I tell everybody, you know, I want to go live on the moon before I die. And it'd be cool to have like a city, like 10,000 plus people, you know, on the moon, you know, and I think that's reasonable in our lifetime. I think the moon would be a a fun place to go back and forth to. I travel from like Asia to the US a lot. And so that's like often like a 30 hour trip. So, you know, what's, you know, what's an extra two days, one day already, an extra two days, but Mars, you know, three years round trip might be a little bit, you know, too far, Mm. too far for me.
0: Mm. Um, How would moon feel like from a living standard be different from Mars?
1: Yeah. Um, well, both aren't sustainable for humans. You, yeah, you're going to need uh, <laughs> you're going to need to modify the environment. Yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I think on Moon, where we'll probably live, is you know inside uh, you know the the lava tubes, you know, or Shackleton yeah. craters. Yeah, craters were at the poles where there, there's ice and you can get uh, you know, get some of that water melted down. Um, it's definitely going to be an adjustment. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure, you know. People will make it like home. You yeah, know, we'll, we'll, we'll add some beaches. Yeah, or have really, really cool augmented reality tech. So, it feels, <laughs> you know, so it feels yeah. like home.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had um, Barbara Belvisi uh, on my show uh, very re- recently, and she has an interesting vision when it comes to the role of humanity in the in the long game. And so she says, maybe it's our role as humans to help biodiversity become interplanetary okay. so it's our job as humans and this is the reason we exist to help biodiversity leave earth and spread yeah. because for whatever um reason it started to originate just on earth maybe yeah. maybe maybe and uh so it's our job to help it grow in different places yeah, yeah we're kind of
1: the the channel of life right mm. you know and, and and humans were just uh you know I really believe in like iterating you know mm. and iterating and- evol- evolutions is a form of iteration, and we're just many, mm. many iterations making errors, uh, mistakes yeah and- or many iterations on life, and yeah, and no, yeah it's 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 you know you know kind of maybe it's our job to kind of carry that life forward forward so, yeah forward and I don't think when you get to thousands of people on the moon and 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 millions on on mars and billions on venus uh uh you know i think that there will be um a lot of other species with us maybe we'll bring every species
0: with us there yeah
1: a lot of them at least at least our favorites cats and dogs really love (laughs) (laughs) cats and dogs yeah Uh, uh,
0: tell tell us about yourself you're a serial entrepreneur what's your latest current project
1: yeah, so my latest current project is a company called um, MaxSpace. And the idea is to get you the maximum amount of space in space. Mm-hmm. So um, space is very space limited, mm. you, know, for, you know, believe it or not, for, for humans and yeah. life and, and to do interesting things. So right now we have the International Space Station um, and the Chinese space station. And, and um, that's basically where humans go. It's, it's not a lot of volume. Uh, the International Space Station has about a thousand cubic meters mm. and fit max probably up to a dozen people. Mm. Um, it, it took uh, sixty launches and a hundred billion dollars, roughly, to build it. To build it, mm. so that's that's really really expensive. Mm. And um, you know, if 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 you had to do that every time, you want to bring up a dozen people, <laughs> it's not going to be sustainable. Yeah. So, so um, the current method of basically building space stations, you know, and 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 in habitats for people to go is not sustainable and so um one of the the known kind of evolutions of where space stations would go is uh, inflatable space uh, technology or expandable space habitats
0: because you could shrink rapid on earth yeah, it and be, then inflate it, it
1: and inflate it yeah ah. you, you know you, you basically um you know all launch is kind of Lim- limited by the amount of volume and uh, mass that you could launch mm. up. And so if you can tightly pack, mm. you know, a, a space habitat and then expand it outwards, you can get a lot more volume.
0: Like James Webb, that was like yeah, that, a pro- that, prototypical tightly packed. That was very tightly yeah, packed yeah. and yeah.
1: deployed. It was a little bit yeah. different of a, you know, mechanism, but that that's the same idea. Mm-hmm. You want to tightly pack and then kind of expand, mm-hmm. you know, out- outward. The most extreme version of, of this is um, uh, well, my, uh, a path that my previous company was going towards. So, my previous company was called Made in Space, mm-hmm. and we made things in space, right? Like uh, uh, rapid we, prototyping. Yeah, we 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 built like the first like three D printers for the ISS and made uh, made the first tools and parts you know ever made off Earth. Hmm. So um, we made. Tools for astronauts, uh, science experiments, STEM. Um, actually, parts of small satellites, parts of cubesats, um, several hundred parts, maybe close to a thousand now. Hmm. Uh, you know that made in space made, but we're also developing technology where you can use uh, large robotic arms to kind of assemble these parts and build build structures in space. Mm-hmm. And so the most extreme version of this is twenty, thirty years from now. You you just send up like one. You know, one block of raw material mm-hmm. or a bunch of raw materials. And then you kind of assemble that mm-hmm. the way you want. That's the most mm-hmm. extreme, you know, way that you would mm-hmm. kind of expand. Um, what I'm doing now is very
0: different. Or maybe source raw material on site.
1: Yeah, on site. Yeah. In situ. You know, yeah. In situ resource yeah. utilization. Like yeah. that's, that's a really common, uh, you know, future. So like yeah. you use the, the, Avail- available uh, available material. resources yeah, on yeah. the moon. Like, why mm-hmm. bring resources to the moon? Use the resources on yeah. the moon. And I think I think that the manufacturing uh, technology is how we will build cities on the moon, Mars, um, et cetera, and probably decades from now. I still, after working on it for for over a decade. I think the in-space manufacturing is still a couple decades away before we can really mm. build like sustainable cities. Mm. And so what can you do in the meantime? Um, I, th- I think the next evolution of habitats is inflatable habitats. Mm-hmm. And so that's what MaxSpace is doing, mm. uh, you know, inflating, uh, habitats. Mm. So you, you, you know, you use compressed gas and nitrogen, oxygen and then expand. Mm. Um, and so you can get an orders of magnitude in terms of cost improvements and volume improvements.
0: Uh, and their sports venues, tennis courts with inv- inflatable roofs. Um, do you have that in, in the U.S. also? We have that quite a bit over here. So it's uh, a whole tennis court with um, with an entire um, roof and everything. And that's inflated because the air pressure on the inside is greater than the air pressure on the outside.
1: Yeah. And it can be quite strong.
0: Yeah, yeah. totally.
1: So, so what most people don't know is that... Um, Inflatable inflatable habitats are actually stronger than uh your, your rigid hard modules. Hmm. This, this is a big thing that somebody thinks, oh my god. And yeah, you know, what if what if it gets hit, you know, by a piece of a satellite, you know, is it gonna explode? Yeah. Uh, pop. Um and it's uh, you know the 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 main material usually made with inflatable habitats. There's a lot of different materials we use, but the one that's kinda used across the industry is um, this material called Vectran. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's like a flexible Kevlar, like, mm. like bulletproof Kevlar. And so mm. very flexible, very strong. It's like six times stronger than aluminum in terms of tensile mm. strength, 10 times stronger in terms of specific mm-hmm. strength. It's a pretty, pretty robust mm-hmm. kind of uh strong, uh, material. Mm-hmm. And so, so, uh, kind of, I love naming companies, what they do. So, you know, my the previous company was called made in space mm-hmm. and we, uh, you know, uh, sold that to a, a great firm called Aero Equity, and they, they turned it into Redwire mm. um, and merged it with a few other companies and, and now it's, you know, on, uh, on the public stock exchange. Um, so Made in Space, we make things in space and Max Space, we get you the maximum mm-hmm. amount of space in space. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I learned through working on Made in Space that just how space limited we were. And that's what took me down the path of inflatable habitats. And that's where I met essentially who I would consider is like the godfather of inflatables, uh, this guy named Maxim. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's been three inflatables that have you know, flown to space and he built the pressure holes for two of them and designed the third one. Hmm. So he's done a lot of space inflatable work. And so when I imagine so he, w- he would know, he would know he, he's, 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 and he's, he's been de- iterating his designs for over two decades now, hmm. really been working in this industry. And so. We met after uh, after my maiden space days and, and decided to team up, and he's my co-founder for Maxspace, and so it's a you know it's one of my favorite you know projects that, that I'm Brilliant. working on now, and hopefully one day in the next at least ten years, but hopefully even the next five, I'll get to go up and awesome and inflatable. Tell, yeah. tell
0: us a little bit. So what what's the first building or first shape that you're trying to? To bring into space, or what are you experimenting on right now? Yeah, I think the first
1: the first thing would be within a couple of years just launching. Since there's already been three space in- inflatables up there, but but there's no current, um, you know, companies kind of wor- working on it. Uh, uh, you know, it was all done under uh, a group called Bigelow Aerospace. Yeah. Um, you know, founded by a guy named Robert Bigelow, who's a was a hotel magnet. I think he had a great vision. He was like, "Hey, let's build." space space hotels Mm -hmm. um and he he was like hey inflatables is the future I, you know i think both of those are really solid uh points i think the issue is just the timing Mm -hmm. so if you even go back like a decade like i started maiden space in 2010 there was i think like single digit launches that year Mm -hmm. um and i think in like the past few weeks there's been that many launches you know maybe even in the past like week or two um as there was the entire Mm -hmm. year of 2010 so there was really and it wasn't a way to get, you know, Americans couldn't actually even fly, you know, to, to space. You know, we were relying on uh, Roscosmos, mm. the, the Russians at the time. Um, and so it was just a little bit, you know, Bigelow's a little bit kind of, kind of before, before its time. Um, and so since there's no, uh, no provider of, of flying space inflatables today, um, that's, that's kind of going to be our first mm. uh, thing is in the next couple of years is, is is uh, aiming to get one mm-hmm. up, up in space. Um It'll be, you know, probably something small, probably like, you know, you take like a two cubic meter, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a little bit bigger than a suitcase, and inflate that to something that's like, you know, 20 cubic meters, mm. which is maybe but roughly the size of like a small... Cruise ship cabin mm-hmm, room, mm-hmm, maybe a little bit mm-hmm. smaller, uh, big enough where it's like okay, this could actually feasibly be like, is, like like a room.
0: So, so what would it look like on the inside? Would it just be a, a hollow shape? Yeah, it'd just be like a hollow shape, and what? And around. But but ultimately, would the so the eventual the so so what what would this thing look like um, once you are where your vision is at?
1: Yeah, I think in uh, near term it would be very similar to you know space station modules yeah so so hollow shape hollow shape um at least 100 cubic meters Mm. you know it's the average size of a space station module 100 cubic meters um uh, you bring gear inside then inflate it yeah yeah you you, and you within uh you can inflate most things you can inflate like walls Mm. inflate beds Mm. storage um compartments
0: that's all part of the inflatable yeah you you, Ah, you inflate all
1: you know interesting you you know eventually you're gonna inflate all that like in the next for the for the usable iterations you can't inflate as much as you can right um you don't want to you know send up like you know a bunch of you know desks right that take up a lot of space okay so you you
0: wouldn't put a desk into that inflated hollow shape no you would inflate Uh, the desk ah that's interesting Now,
1: now i think there's i think um you can't inflate everything, and so this is where we're gonna, you know, um, you know, hopefully work with a lot of companies out there. There's a lot of things that you that you can't inflate. So you can't inflate an entire space station because mm-hmm. you need um, you need windows, um, you need uh, you know hatches uh, and connectors. You need uh, really big, important ones. You need life support. So you're gonna need uh, you know ECLIS and mm-hmm. environmental closed loop life support systems. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, you know, really, you know, really kind of important uh, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's going to be needed. So I think the first iterations, uh, hopefully, is, um, you know, NASA has this, uh, uh, these proposals out for a commercial LEO destination. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's several groups that are working, you know, on these, uh, um, like Blue Origin, mm-hmm. Voyager, mm-hmm. Axiom. Um, and so my hope is, uh, we'll be adding modules Mm -hmm. in the the near term, you know, to that. Um, if you want to go crazy, crazy far term, you know, like in a decade, so a lot of people believe Starship's going to fly. Um, you know, I believe it Yeah, I totally believe it. (laughs) You know, at some point, maybe even this year. Yeah. Um, and so it'd be great if you could inflate out of a Starship, you know, like an entire stadium. Mm. you know you know try to get uh a lot of volume in mm-hmm. space like what happens when launch like launch is going to get more and more commoditized over the next de- decade it's going to get cheaper and cheaper so what happens when launch is no longer a bottleneck and uh space real estate mm. is no longer a bottleneck mm. and you could open up entire industries you know um of things that you could do uh you know in space and i think there's a lot of uh you know excitement around entertainment in space Truth. you know like like you know tom cruise and hmm. um james cameron yeah. have been you know talking about wanting to film a movie up there for a while yeah. but very space limited yeah. um you could do you know mma in space you know fight nights in space would be would be amazing sports in space is something that uh me and a lot of my main space co-founders have been like dreaming about doing uh, uh you know kind of for for a while um, zero gravity sports. That's yeah, zero pretty gravity cool. sports. You know, imagine, imagine, like a Harry Potter. Uh, you yeah, know, you know, Quidditch. You know, you know totally. T- you know, type thing. Yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, you know, this guy named Andrew Rush who's the ex CEO of Main Space uh, after me. Um, you know, he loves, you know, he loves the uh, the zero gravity sports. You know, it's like really that's his like, you know, where he sees kind of the future going. It gets me jazzed, kind of thinking about it. Um, I think, uh, uh, imagine, uh, like, you know, concerts in space mm. or, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Cirque des Soleil, mm-hmm. I might be pronouncing that wrong, I always, <laughs> I always don't know, but, uh, uh, you know, it's it, the the dancing and the moves they can do seem magical, right? And so, um, you know, imagine doing that in zero G, imagine like, you know, a circus in zero G or, a concert with Beyonce, you know, and zero G, um, I'm sure, uh, the entertainment factors could really be there. And that's just like one small segment that we haven't even been able to touch because launch has been a bottleneck and space has been a bottleneck. And both of those are, I think are going to really uh, go away in the next decade.
0: So when are we, um, seeing space, ports? space, ports. Yeah, space in, sports, oh, space sports, <laughs> yeah. Space sports, space sports. Yeah. Uh,
1: um, what do you think I, I, in, it, within the next decade there'll be a real space uh, s- entertainment yeah. uh, play definitely um, mm. I mean you could I mean SpaceX could technically do it now just be <laughs> inside a really small dragon capsule yeah um, and I've heard you know or inside uh, Starship yeah ins- once Starship starts flying definitely they could, you, you got a lot could, of room they got a lot of room for space sports it'll be mm. fun um, I think, uh, uh, um, I mean, when I've talked to astronauts, uh, they've loved They, they, you know, they've, they've, you know, I've heard Quidditch was a big game, you know, the, you know, on, on the space station. Mm. So astronauts going up, there are already having So they're fun. doing it. Yeah. They're already having fun. It's just not being like recorded and like, you know, for a televised event, but, you know, yeah, ima- you know, imagine a tele- televised event. I definitely think within the next decade um there'll be a movie done in space, uh like a a a high, like a regular a, a movie. high budget, yeah. you know, a Hollywood blockbuster. Probably James Cameron or Tom Cruise, but maybe another one. Those 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 two really love to take uh, live action stunts uh, to the extreme. Um I think I think you'll see like yeah, live a live televised kind of space event. Uh, um, I think, I think you'll start seeing, um, so Apple just came out with, uh, I think it's called Vision Pro, They're, mm-hmm. their augmented yeah. reality yeah. glasses. You'll see, you'll see, uh, people being able to log in to, you know, whether it's the metaverse, Apple's metaverse, you know, Google's, log into some glasses, look down and, and, you know, play around in VR to totally. get to see how, yeah. how small the pale blue dot yeah. is, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think I think I think a lot of this will open up.
0: Is your inflatable technology is this restricted to orbit? Uh, to orbit, or also possible on the moon, for example, or yeah. On Mars?
1: Yeah, no, I mean that's that's the again. My friends call me Mister Moon, right? My dream is the moon. Um, I think orbit's just in the you know, near term, sure. Uh, um, and I think even with the early Artemis missions, um, a little extra volume could could go it could go a long way mm. um and so um you know even you know adding a 100 cubic meters uh you know one iss module mm. equivalent you know you, you pack something that's five or 10 mm. cubic meters expand it up mm. to 100 cubic meters you could be great um we want to get to the point where you could launch you know an entire uh it sounds crazy but entire space station worth of volume in um in one launch hmm. uh, uh and so you could do a lot of you know, interesting things we, we, if you had if you had a space station worth the volume is a thousand cubic meters mm-hmm. so on on not on one starship launch on like one um current system launch like you know on, on a falcon um and with that i mean you could you, you could put you know farms on the moon um and then uh once starship does start going back and forth yeah then you can inflate you know tens of thousands mm. of cubic meters you mm. really build large large structures and so i i think like the that'll be the first serious architecture mm. where, where hundreds of people can go uh go and stay in you know you can hmm. um large space inflatables or expandable habitats hmm. uh, you, know, on, you
0: what, know what was the the name of the the material again uh, there's a lot
1: of different materials, but the most well used in the uh, space inflatable industry is called
0: Vectran. Okay, how, how does that react to space radiation? Does it do any shielding? Uh, it does do. It does do um, some
1: shielding. It's a little bit better than your hard modules. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like the, the inflatables are also like a very robust multi-layer system, and so even more so than a hard module. And so uh, you do get radiation protection that's at least equivalent if not better than a hard module mm-hmm. um, the current systems today is not going to like protect you like on a trip to Mars okay. you know, or something and I still think like on the moon you're going to want to be underground uh, this is why I think lava tubes is probably where, it, mm-hmm. where it's at or in a crater mm-hmm. uh, um, is where mm-hmm. you know the uh, if I had to if I had to like guess like 50 years from now if I could snap my finger and like you know Pick a spot on where there's like a thousand people on the moon, 10,000, probably Shackleton crater and probably like mm. dozens of countries, like, you know, not like one country spot. So that's mm. like the, you know, um, hopefully it mm.
0: shared, mm. uh, you know, kind of place. Yeah. Mm. Why would you? would we go in the first place? Why would we go to the moon? Why would we want to have a city on the moon?
1: Well, it was, uh, you were talking about your conversation with Barbara from Interstellar Labs and she's amazing and super inspirational. I, I really kind of, I believe, I believe in that component, you know, we're kind of the shepherds of life. Mm. Um, I also think like, look, humans are kind of natural explorers. Mm. If you see like what over the last like less than a hundred thousand years, how we expanded, just we kept, you know, reaching out further and further and further mm. until we across the globe. And sure we made some mistakes along the way and, and we could be doing a better job to, uh, you know, uh, sustain earth and, and other life forms. And I think we're trying to get better at that, but I just think at heart, you know, we're explorers. We want to, we want to yeah. push the balance. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, earth is so small, like so, so small, right. Um, if you take like all the grains of sand on the planet you know each of those represent like something like a star you yeah. know and yeah. still you're not you're not even yeah. near yeah how many how many stars there are in the the universe so, seems like a seems like a natural thing to want to yeah. go, go out there and explore at least it seems very human nature yeah. you know to to want to do that um and uh you know we're we're kind of at the point where we've like yeah we have reached our limits um you know uh for most of humanity's history, if you wanted to, you know, go look beyond that mountain, you know, go start your own tribe, you know, uh, you could just go to the next place. Right? Yeah. Um, and there was usually enough space. Uh, now we're kind of, no, I don't
0: know on a round shape. Yeah. We at went, some point you uh, end
1: up where you started. Yeah. You end up where you started. And so, um, yeah, I think that, I think just like the, the exploration aspect is, the exploration going over that next hill is really important. I, I do think there's a lot of benefits, um, uh, you know, to going to space. I think if, uh, Jeff Bezos has talked about a lot about, uh, you know, bringing up, op- bringing all like heavy, heavy industrial manufacturing off earth, mm. right. You know, cause very pollutive, you know, mm. um, so going back to what you're talking about with ISRU, like, you know, maybe a hundred years from now, we're, we're not you know, doing any of that stuff Hmm. uh, on earth where you were on the moon, we're on Mars, uh, Venus, hundreds Hmm. of other moons of throughout the, uh, or satellites throughout the you know solar system, like doing it all there and and bringing it back, uh, you know, for earth's benefit. I think it's one of those things that like, uh, if you think on the short term scale, it's a little bit like, Oh, why would we do that? But like, if you think a hundred years from now, when most of the resources, in our solar system, aren't on Earth, right? And and most of the things that could really benefit people and humanity. And so, I think it'll solve a lot of problems in the long run. That's crazy. I mean, like a hundred years—that's nothing in the long term. It's it's nothing yeah, yeah, in yeah. terms of society, but it's like everything in terms of an individual the human right? lifetime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, but yeah. maybe, maybe with um, whatever kinds of technologies we're cooking up at the moment, we are extending our lifespan in the first place. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Well, that that's part of the reason. So I started working.
1: Um, one of my other companies I started working on was in healthcare. It's you know, called Sentry Health, mm-hmm. and it it all started because I was like, man, well, I really need. I really would love like my goal. Uh, I'm very goal, goal, goal focused. It's like my goal is to, you know, you know, go live on the moon before I die. You know, <laughs> not just me by myself, <laughs> but thousands of people. Yeah. You, you know, that are like minded and love that you know, love that experience. And, and, I've been working in space now for like 15 years and I was like, Oh man, this is pretty slow. <laughs> we have made a lot of progress yeah. in the last 15 years, but still it's been pretty slow. Um, and I was like, okay, well maybe I need to live longer. But <laughs> like one variable before I die is like to not die young. It's yeah, hilarious. Maybe if I live to like a hundred. Yeah. And so that's why I called the company like, you know, century health, mm-hmm. you know, you know, for a century.
0: Um, uh, it, I like that origin story because yeah. you can't speed up technology yeah. and evolution of technology. You need to s- extend your lifespan. Yeah, expand, li- extend
1: lifespan with it. and then um, and then, yeah. So when I'm 38 now, I mean, probably in the next, probably the next 60 years if you yes. <laughs> Like ideally, in the next 30, 20 to 30 years, you can have like a thousand plus people on the moon. But at least in the next 60, um, or something bad has really happened. Uh, uh so. Um I think the lifespan component is is key. Yeah.
0: Fascinating. There's a theory the great filter f- theory um that any kind of civilization will ultimately end up as a technological civilization and technological civilizations run the risk of destroying themselves for many many reasons. And so we're going through filters as a society and maybe one filter will hold us back by calling it quits with who we are. And so can you yeah. draw in any inspiration from that idea or do you think it's just it's more of a reason yeah.
1: to um uh to expand into space, right? You yeah. know, it's it's a lot harder to to create a to, backup to, in space. Yeah, it's a lot harder to just it's it, it, you know, if we were on Earth and Mars, um or earth, moon, and Mars, or definitely earth, moon, Mars, yeah. and Venus. I mean, we're, you, you would need a, a solar system-wide event to really yeah. destroy all of humanity. Yeah. Um. Whereas right now, I mean, it's not, we're probably, we have the greatest, individuals have the greatest amount of power than they ever have, mm. right? So it's not, Um, you know, it's not impossible for one person to you know do Great a lot, do a lot yeah. of harm mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah and uh um or or just other than maybe not even people like you know pandemics that like mm. experienced you know right? yeah. you said this podcast was started in the last pandemic yeah but, you know there's uh you know pathogens that could even be much worse and and uh that can be can maybe even conceived in a lab mm. so you, you d- i definitely think that that's a possibility I don't think it's the most likely outcome but it gives more reason to why I think yeah we need to to do what you're doing <laughs> to to to, to, uh, to go out into space yeah. um but, and I I think I think just it's like space is it's it's exciting because I've seen you know I think I think like the cohort I like to think of like cohorts of like space companies and your your cohort 0 was 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 like uh you know SpaceX Blue Origin uh, maybe Virgin Galactic. Mm. Um, some, since some of those have you know done really well, like SpaceX, obviously is I think you know completely changed uh, the space industry mm. uh, for the better. Um, and then you know maybe you know we started main space, and those company those companies were all still around. There wasn't too many others I think started. Uh, you know I think we were either at cohort one or two. There was. Maybe a half a dozen mm. companies started around the same time we were, like Planet Labs, uh, Satellogic. Um, a lot of these are starting to kind of in this same place, you know, outside of NASA Ames mm-hmm. uh, under Pete Warden. Ashley Vance had a, a, a great book that kind of lays that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete Warden and his impact, mm-hmm. you know, on the industry has mm-hmm. made a huge huge impact on me. Um, and then so it went from maybe a dozen companies in like 2010. So it was like a handful. Early 2000s. Um, and then I think Bigelow was in, in that first handful and then like a dozen, maybe a little more in, in, in the early tens, not a lot of space investment. And then, uh, and then in the last like five years, it's just kind of went exponential. Mm. There's hundreds. There might even be like a thousand space startups. And, um, and I think that that's going to continue, uh, you know, more and more. And like mm. you know, by the end of the decade, it'll be tens of thousands. Um, yeah. Was, or, mm. or it'll be a thing like AI. Mm. Where um you know now now every every company, every even public company is expected to have an AI plan and you know an <laughs> AI strategy and AI yeah. component. And so maybe that happens in yeah. space. It's like, all right, every pharmaceutical company needs, yeah. you know, a space arm, you know, research is yeah, yeah, basically, you know, every transport company needs a space arm,
0: you know. Yeah. Speaking of AI, are you involved with, with that AI ChatGPT movie? Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. So, so tell us
1: about it. Uh, oh, man. That was, that was, uh, that was great. Um, so yeah, we, uh, it was, uh, basically, it December mm-hmm. of last year? Chat GPT came out. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've, we, I've been playing around with GPT since GPT 2. Actually, one of my, mm. um, companies called Magic. Uh we, we Magic Magic actually started really randomly out of a made in space lab where we're incubating uh one of my co-founders from Made in Space, Mike Chen, and all of his college buddies. And hmm. they wanted to like change the world, didn't know what they want to work on and incubating them. And um the company got into Y Combinator and uh and then we pivoted in Y Combinator from like I think at the time it we were doing like blood pressure concierge, right? But none of us had any blood pressure problems, so. <laughs> and so uh, Paul Graham, uh, you know, founder of Y Combinator, he's like, "Why are you guys working on this? This makes zero sense. Like, go, go work on something that at least if you're not if you're not solving like at least your own problem, you're probably not solving anybody's mm. problem." It's like, okay, that's good advice. Uh, and so, uh, me and Mike both really, uh, you know, have, have love uh, being like productive, like delegating, like you know. You know, efficiency, like just kind of obsessed with, you know, trying to, uh, you know, accomplish more with less and, um, uh, both so you can make more impact on the world, but also so you can, you know, have, uh, you know, kind of enjoy your life. Right. And so, um, and so we, we had this idea. It's like, what if you could get, uh, whatever you want over a text message? Right. And so we launched magic. Uh, you know, with that, and then like it immediately got like a hundred thousand, uh, mm. you know, signups, you know, kind of, kind of overnight. And, um, it was not powered by AI. This is 2015. It was all powered by people. Mm. Uh, um, but, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we got to the point where we have thousands of magicians that we call them that are helping people, mm-hmm. you know, kind of get, get stuff done. And so early, like in G- GPT-2, uh, the current chat GPT as of this is, as of now, is on GPT-4. Or 3.5, depending mm. on which one you use. If you're paying or not. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, uh, the, the GPT-2 was open sourced. And so we took back in the day, the open source model and like ran Magic State on and, you know, had a little, our own little Magic, uh, you know, uh, you know, LLM, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, and so we've been playing around with this stuff for a while, but it, it never felt like it was qu- quite i think for most people including ourselves it never felt like it was quite like product ready Mm -hmm. right it wasn't it wasn't ready enough to kind of like roll out Mm -hmm. kind of into the market i think chat gpt and and sam uh, um who was also the head of y combinator when we were at Mm -hmm. y combinator he he really uh the whole open ai team they really kind of changed that you know with chat gpt and so um back back in december when it came out you know it was playing with it, you know, like a lot of people daily. I was like, mm. this is a game changer, you know, um, it was, it was using GPT-3, which had been out for a while, but then it had a really nice chat interface. And so it was enough that people could understand. And I was showing one of my friends, this guy named Richard Juan, who, you know, he's a, a famous actor in the Philippines and host of a TV show called Big Brother. I was like, I was like, it's like, man, I think you could like, you know, make a, make a film with this. <laughs> I was like, look, it writes a script, mm-hmm. and, you know? um it, it can give a videographer instructions like you know uh, it can say like you know, exactly like what it wants like pan in from this angle uh look at the face this way um use this this type this style of lens have this kind of music in the background it kind of had everything it wear these clothes uh, and all that and i was like oh man i think you could like uh you know we, we were having a drink or do a like, glass of wine or something hmm. Like i think you make a film on this and um and i was just like Joking. Uh, and then uh, the next day he calls me up and he's like, Hey, you know, <laughs> I've got the actors, the videographer. <laughs> I've got everything ready to go to the set. <laughs> Let's do it. And I, I was like, All right. And so it was during the holiday, you know, during like around Christmas break. Uh, uh, I can't really stay still apparently. And so we made like a five or six minute, uh, yeah, film that was, you know, written and directed by AI or chat GPT in particular. Um, uh, and it really, it was, I, we kind of did it just to kind of show people. Uh, we were really early adopters, yeah. right? This is like in the first couple of yeah. weeks of Chat TV. It's like, guys, this is here. Uh, um, and show people like the, this is, you know, you got to start thinking about this in your, in, in, in your life. And I would say the film is not good, if I had to be honest. Is it, is it on YouTube? Yeah, it's on YouTube. So what,
0: what's it called? Uh, safe zone. Safe zone. Safe
1: zone film. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. And you could watch it. It's about getting away from AI to a safe zone. It's pretty meta. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I wouldn't say it's a, you know, like a great film. It's probably not that, not that good, but I mean, it was using GPT-3, which, you know, is like about a college student at, at educated level. And I could feel the film was like what a college student, you know, might, might make. Maybe that's the audience. Yeah. Yeah. The The videography is really good. We had a great videographer who did the shooting. That was good. The script, I think had some. You know, uh, room to improve, and and I bet if you did did it with GPT four and Atma, yeah. and definitely by with within the next couple of years, you're going to see a lot more customized kind of content. Yeah, it'd be cool if you and want. You, to.
0: And you're going to see video also. So yeah. because I I play a lot with Mid Journey, yeah. uh, for stills, this that's crazy interesting, crazy crazy interesting, especially if for in the filmmaking world. When we're ever, we're pitching something to someone, we need stock footage to illustrate what we're pitching and so now you can like tailor make your your scenes without ever using camera gear so i'm really really looking forward to that next iteration when it comes to um giving us the possibility to play or to create video Mm. i think that it's making baby steps at the moment there's a bunch of concepts and papers out there but um do you know anything about ai generated video Yeah. I mean, it's made a lot of
1: iterations. Um, I, I think I, I completely agree with you. I think you'll be able to see within two years, if you want to see Tom Cruise, uh, as the Luke Skywalker and Empire Strikes Back, you probably can. Uh, Um, I think it's really interesting. I think the, um, I think the actors of our time are probably going to be acting for a thousand years forever. Yeah. Right. Totally. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: just need a 3d scan and and, exactly
1: um and and they're already starting to uh you know do this and and uh you know it's like you you want to make sure that you have rights to to yourself (laughs) (laughs) i think an actor's rights are going to become really you know really really kind of valuable um it'll be interesting to kind of see maybe even see influencers start to become actors even though they can't act Mm. you know even if they can't act yeah um uh Without having to learn this skill yeah. of acting, because you know the film will kind of make it yeah. for them. And then people people have asked me, "Am, am I worried? You know, because there's a writer strike right now mm. about this uh, the screenwriters." I, I still I still think screenwriters are gonna be having seen normal people interact with AI for writing a script, and then a screenwriter interact like the screenwriter. It's it's amazing. They yeah. they can produce a hundred times, at least an order of magnitude, ten times. Uh, uh, you know improvement uh of their yeah. work faster, right? Yeah. You know, they can they can they can come up with a good idea, yeah, see how it looks and say, okay, now let's kind of like iterate yeah iterate this. Yeah. And uh and so yeah.
0: But still AI is improving um exponentially. So what what's left for us to do here here on Earth? I mean like if we like got all the actors never forever in the most brilliant movies because AI will exactly know how to tailor cut a movie and, and shoot it to make it most... I mean, like, future movies will probably be tailor-made to the individual recipient, to the individual audience. So maybe we will never have like a global blockbuster anymore because you will see the version that you it's tailor-made for you and i will see the same film tailor-made for me
1: i i i kind of agree but i i definitely think you're gonna see a, a much much longer tail i 100 mm. agree we're all gonna get to watch the custom content and if you can imagine like the netflix algorithm of today it's already trying to like figure out what you want to watch but the future netflix algorithms if they're not working on this already they should be Is going to be how to figure out what exactly you like in different uh, scenarios. So when you turn, when you hit stop, when you hit play, Mm -hmm. like when you're most engaged, um, and it'll be able to come up with entire custom shows, kind of for you. And I think that 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 trend, what's already been happening this last decade, just think of the explosion in content. Mm -hmm. Like go back a decade Mm -hmm. now versus how much content's coming out, like daily, weekly, monthly. That's going to continue, and it can be more and more custom content. But I definitely don't believe there's not going to be blockbusters. Mm. I think everybody's still going to line up for James Cameron's, you know, next movie uh, when Avatar Six is hopefully made in space. Uh, <laughs> they're going to line up for that. I think. I think that there's still. I think we'll follow that. You know that. You know that trend of like kind of like long tail. But
0: Avatar Six will not be the one single tape played out to the world it will be individualized tapes played out to the individual recipient but it, it'll be both because i think like
1: um, i think there'll be a lot of people at least me i want to see james cameron's his vision like his yeah, like sure. his vision but then of course yeah then i would maybe also like to see like my own yeah my own modification yeah that. but like i do th- i I don't know. I'd be cautious of fear mongering too much that, that we're worried that AI is just going to like take c- c- everything over, take yeah. everybody's, you know, jobs. And, and, and then, I mean, if it does, then if nobody has to work, it'll be really kind of interesting. <laughs> what do people do with their time? Um, but this, it, it's, it's kind of been that there's always been this evolution. If you look back into history of just you know, roles that, that, that used to be a job and now it's not there. Like most people used to be mm. farmers, right? And mm. now very few people are farmers. I think it's
0: like an often mm. cited kind of example. And it's just a hundred years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's not
1: that long ago. Yeah. And so, um, sure there'll be iterations, but I, I definitely think, um, in movies there's going to be screenwriters. Actually, I, f- I feel like writers might even, um, become more, uh, uh, creative because they'll mm. actually be able to go end to end like you're mm. saying you know not just write but then create the entire video mm. like write what like they get to write they get to prompt yeah. prompting in many yeah. ways is the best prompters are yeah. good writers yeah. you know because they understand how to communicate yeah. so they could prompt a whole movie you know yeah. uh, and, and writing so i think i think there'll be a lot of roles you know that are that are still there um i i use uh you know uh, ai to help with like legal stuff for mm. instance but I, I still have been using, I feel like I've used my um, my lawyers more than, more than ever. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not mm-hmm. like it's replacing, it's more of like a... Uh, I
0: think you're bringing it to a different level already. So you would like approach your lawyers for maybe even more sophisticated questions because you have done the groundwork before with AI. That's right. Yeah, mm. exactly. I, I really, yeah,
1: I, I don't think, at least in the next few years, we have to worry about... Um, taking everybody's jobs I, I do think that there's a greater problem at least in like the tech industry with there not being a lot of funding right mm. now and that's tied to like interest rates and a lot of other kind of issues and and so because of that there's like layoffs and then people are blaming it on mm. you know kind of AI uh, a lot I, th- I think I think that that's just you know tech as a whole is kind of going through mm. a little bit of a drought yeah, unless unless you're in AI, yeah, uh, you yeah, know, that, that's the area that yeah. like, okay, you know, investments yeah. still going, but it, tech as a whole is almost it's like hasn't been this bad since like the dot com burst in the early yeah 2000s for fundraising. So yeah, um, so yeah, I, de- a couple decades out, like a, like ten year, like, like next year, like next decade, um, you know, like can ai do everything it'll be really interesting um there was this this book uh, that i read the singularity is near mm. and i went to this program called singularity university mm. i think like that that really prepared me for a little bit of of the future um and, and ray kurzweil he predicted um uh, you know in the 2020s ai Mm. you know is going to start taking mm. off like it like it is now and mm. like a, you know he's been pretty accurate in his predictions a lot a lot of his predictions were used to make movies like the matrix mm. and terminator mm. um but then i think i think it's in the 2030s he predicts that you know uh, the human human to machine brain interface you know so mm. we you know actually kind of start interfacing with the ai so we don't get let, like left behind and and Elon announced yeah, exactly. it for this year. Yeah, exactly. You got like Neuralink. You yeah. got like uh, Jeff Bezos working on it. A lot of other mm. groups are kind of, <laughs> kind of working mm. working on that. And so, um, you know, if that if that world happens, mm. then I don't think like I, I think these people are just going to try to do more and more. Mm. You know, you know, with with AI is, is rather Max, than just chilling chilling back in space.
0: Is Maxspace keeping you busy enough? Because I, I feel like you're you're all over the place you're an extremely creative person um, so I'm definitely maxed out in terms
1: of my time <laughs> I have no yeah. time I have uh, no time for any any other new ventures new uh, no films projects. no no yeah no.
0: music albums
1: no <laughs> I mean yeah if I if I had any time what I would actually like to do is like you know like write a book uh, there's one this book I want to write that's uh it's, it's it's a story about uh, uh, sci-fi, uh, you know, kind of in the um, the spirit of like Da Vinci Code, Dan Brown, mm. like you know, it's a mis- you know mystery where you're, you're cracking mm. the code, mm. and by the end you crack the code that you know. Uh, humans aren't from from Earth, huh. you know. You know, so that would be something I would do if I had like time and I could write that.
0: But you could ask ChatGPT to give you a first draft. Just prompt what you just said and then finish it. Give me a draft. Let me read it.
1: I absolutely could, <laughs> but I don't even have the time for that. You know, it's like no, I've, yeah. I've had to be, yeah, you know, strict. Sure, <laughs> you know,
0: so, right now. So for you, you said you want to spend at least the last third of. Or a quarter of your life on the moon, it's gonna be quite a journey, a voyage to to that place. I'd want to
1: come back and forth. I want to come home for. You want to come back? Yeah, I want to eat eat, Good. eat Mama's cooking for uh, you know, for Christmas.
0: Good. So you're gonna be on that spaceship for quite a while. So it's it's gonna be boring, a boring ride because it's a long ride. So my question to you, and um, what kind of music would you want to listen to? Because we set up a playlist for the for the future space traveler and so you got to choose one tune you want to have on that playlist and this is what i'm asking each guest so we're we're building up a a beautiful playlist for for people like you so but what what tune would you like to have introduced to that list
1: oh man um well first let me just say i I, it's it's one reason i love the moon it's close three days yeah of course you want to listen to some music but i think you know yeah, you know, I've traveled, you travel back and forth, Asia, <laughs> the US a lot, like yeah. one day versus, you know, three days. Yeah. And and let's, let's do it in a way where it's almost like a cruise ship where you get yeah. to have some fun and, you know, you know, there's just a, you know, cruise ships circling from the moon back to yeah. Earth and you, uh, you kind of dock, come home and, um, and, and, uh, you know, uh, orbits different than the moon. Mm. In the moon, you have a little bit of gravity, orbit you don't. So those three days will be a blast. You get mm. to hang out in, in zero-G. You know, I've, I've spent- A little bit of zero-G sports. Yeah, exactly. I've, <laughs> I, I've spent, uh, this is why the main space, you know, uh, team and my co-founders, I really thought of the sports is because we spent a lot of time mm. in zero-gravity. So I, I, I've done like 400 parabolas, you mm. know, yeah, like like roughly- You? Little, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, like, you know, I spent a lot of time in zero-gravity. 400? 400? Yeah, a little bit more, actually. I think it was 11, 11 or 12 flights of 40 each. I think wow. counted once as close to four hours. Uh, uh at least three of just like microgravity time. And so yeah, three days and three days a year. Gee, this would be a blast. Huh. Uh, um, and going back and forth you know, commuting. Um, the, uh, so I think, I think that'd be a lot of, a lot of fun. And yeah, and you, like, like Royal Caribbean. Um they'll probably if if they're smart they'll be a space company in 20 years you know yeah. they'll have a they'll there's their yeah. spaceships you know orbiting yeah. a, uh you know the moon Um man what song would would I, would I play uh um I don't know it's such a uh, you know it's such a hard you know, I I could go all over the place on this one you know Just pick one Like starships are meant to fly you know or Justin Bieber or uh uh go classical, you know, if I'm like trying to just, you know, relax and, you know, get into the work zone, you know, like Beethoven or something. Or uh uh you know, uh uh you know, I was was a friend was showing me like uh you know I, I got really late into like the black pink game. Uh and so I, I just so we showed me like black pink within the last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm playing some black pink. Yeah. You know. We want me to just pick one. Just one. Um All right. Uh uh um, I uh, well, Britney Spears hit me baby one more time. Good.
0: Sylvia <laughs> Sylvia. So so all right. All right. One, one last question, Aaron. Um a piece of inspiration um we could leave our audience uh with to ponder um about whatever you would like to share, what espresso for the mind would you like to share?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um there's this my fa- my favorite uh one one of my favorite writers is uh Wait but why, you know, Tim Urban. Mm-hmm. Um and he uh he has this blog post where he kind of lays out on a single page all of all of all of the days that you that you have in life. Um it's like 30,000 something mm-hmm. days, if I'm recalling correctly. And, uh, but one dot equals one day. Mm-hmm. And, um, what yeah. I often try to do with people that are close to me is that I try to print that page up and just give it to them so they can like hang it up on their wall. And it reminds people to, um, you know, not, not, not to take the days kind of for granted, you know, cause it's like days can be slow, but like decades can be quick right and um life by life goes by fast you know? hmm. and so um yeah I, I, I definitely check out that that blog post and um uh, a lot a lot of my a lot any, anything for me it's really maybe a, an obsession with time right you know you know also the bill gates quote that i said earlier it's like you know one year most people over overestimate what they get done like hmm. a decade we underestimate like the more that you can internalize, uh, time and, and how quickly it goes and what you can and can't do in it, I think is uh, useful and both, both professionally to, to getting stuff done. Um, but also to not forgetting to take a moment to enjoy life. Um, you know, going outside or going into the video game. Mm. whatever it is that you can mm.
0: enjoy yeah wonderful Aaron yeah. thank you so much for taking the time yeah thank you I appreciate it before we wrap up today's exciting journey through the cosmos I want to take the moment to express my gratitude to all of you for joining me here on the Space Cafe podcast your curiosity and passion for exploration fuel this show and I'm thrilled to be able to bring you closer to the wonders of the universe each episode. If you've enjoyed our journey so far and the insights from our esteemed guests today, I have a very small request. Could you please take a moment to rate and review the show on your podcast platform of choice? Your feedback helps us improve and your rating helps us reach more space enthusiasts like you. And if you know someone, a friend, a colleague, or a fellow stargazer, or space watcher, that is, who you think might enjoy our space travels, please pass on the word about the Space Café podcast. The growth of this show and our ability to provide the quality content you expect relies on the amazing community of listeners like you thank you once again for joining us today remember the cosmos is a fascinating place full of wonders and possibilities and we are here to explore it together until next time keep looking up and let's keep exploring the future one episode at a time bye bye my friends